Can you hear me? Is my sound okay? Yep, I can hear you. All right, then. Let me just get this link out into the world. All right, Matt. Mic check. I can hear you. I'm clear. All right. How's everybody doing? Doing good. Doing good. Nice. I can't complain. Yeah, it's I been uh, an interesting week so far. Yes, it has. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was up uh, late last night for the merge. I think I think a good amount of people were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, def- definitely an interesting night. I, every now and again, I've I, I've told myself I'm not even sure why I stayed up. <laughs> more more so in the event that it was just you know, it's not even like I saw confetti on my screen. I was expecting something cool to come out of it. Yeah, I, I was looking forward to it, and then uh, like as the time got closer, I got tired and I just forgot to pay attention. I was like playing magic cards with my girlfriend, uh, and then like it passed, and I was like, "Oh wow, the world's not over. This is awesome." Uh, uh, yeah. Really, I mean, out the magic cards, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I guess you know, kind of on the nose, but yeah, very uh, proud of. I don't know. Uh, it, it's it's a good time to be in this industry. I would say. For all the market shenanigans, uh, really proud of the Ethereum guys. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So here, we'll give people another couple minutes to, to drip on in, and then uh, then we'll kick it off a little bit. Awesome. All right, cool. Here, let's just uh, let's just kick it off with some of the intro uh, side of things, and uh, yeah. So, um, welcome everyone. Thank you for coming. Uh, this is another Spartan Spaces on Twitter Spaces with Aesthetic Ambassadors. Um, we're here today with Granary Finance uh, by Byte Mason. So, I'm going to have the folks from Granary Finance do a brief do do like a brief intro of yourself, and then a little bit of an intro about Byte Masons and Granary. Uh, how you got into DeFi, stuff like that, so it'll be really interesting to hear about, um, you know, and then we'll get a little bit more into greenery. Sure. Um, and let me know if my audio has any issues. I'm, I'm using new uh, earbuds. I got one of those phones that doesn't have uh, an audio jack, so I'm still kind of feeling it out. But, um, yeah, uh, Byte Masons began in, in late 2020 as essentially an Ethereum security mentorship group. Um, so I had been spending like, you know, six months digging into Ethereum security. I saw it as a really exciting career opportunity, um, kind of moving away from my old job as like a data analyst, business analyst, um, and kind of just pursuing new opportunities. Uh, and from there, uh, the people I was mentoring, um, slowly turned into business partners. Um, you know, we were doing bug bounties, uh, you know, doing some like lightweight development work, uh, working from Gitcoin and things like that. Um, and then in, in May of 2020, um, our kind of Solidity smart contract engineering skills um, matured to a point where we were confident enough to start a DeFi company. Um, so we built an app called Reaper.Farm, um, and that was on the Phantom Network. Uh, 
you know, it kind of it grew to 300 million TVL, you know, with no token, no incentives, um, you know, purely grassroots, community driven, no funding, etc. Um, you know, we were really proud of that, and and off the back of that, we decided, hey, let's turn Bite Masons into something really special. Um, so we went through a period where we kind of sought out like all the best engineers we knew um, and tried to bring them onto the team. Uh, and we mentored a lot of uh, Ethereum engineers, security engineers, um, and just tried to build like our idea of the ultimate uh, Web3 engineering firm. Um, and, you know, of course, it's, it's still a work in progress. It will indefinitely be a work in progress. But um, we have 17, you know, really strong engineers on the team. Um, we run a bunch of different applications, including Reaper.Farm, Granary.Finance. Uh, we have uh, a media spin-off company called BlockBytes. Uh, we educate people on the website lrn.fi. Um, and really, like, our goal is to stick to the Web3 ethos that, that made it popular. Like, we're fully grassroots um, so we want to deliver the transparency and deliver the ethics uh, that we were promised uh, with DeFi um, to the end user. And, and Granary is like, you know, uh, I'll, I'll preface this by saying I'm not uh, a licensed financial guy or whatever, so um, you can just take everything I say as metaphor or, you know, whatever the proper disclaimer is. Um, but we're kind of building granary with the same ethos of, like, a DeFi credit union. Um, so focusing on community, focusing on lower rates, focusing on less profit cut on our end, um, just to deliver kind of the best lending experience. And um, our applied mathematician is, like, a Ph.D. Uh, from Berkeley who specializes in stochastics. Um, so we have, like, a really intelligent approach uh, to risk. Um, and... You know, Granary is constantly in development. Um, like, we've just been focusing on the multi-chain thing. Um, we've got, like, huge front-end overhauls in the works. We have really interesting new market primitives uh, on the way, um, as well as uh, hopefully a token launch in the next few months. Um, but we've been working really hard on it for, for eight months now. And, um, yeah, uh, we've got hopefully years to go. Uh, before it's finalized and, and it's in, you know, a shape that we want it to be. Um, but, yeah, our, our goal is just to deliver good ethics and, and excellent products. Nice. Thanks for that, Justin. Um, it, interesting. But before we before we get into anything else, I'm sorry, Mojo, to, to, to cut you off. Bite Masons. So how, how exactly, like, does this work? Is, is this, like, a collective? Is this, uh, you know, like like an actual entity on the other side? Like, how do you bring in these engineers and then, you know, send them out to, to different Binance products. Kind of curious on that before we jump into Greenery. Sure, sure. Um, so, I mean, we're, like, a more typical organization. Um, so we saw pretty early on that, uh, I mean, speaking to synthetics, you know, I think you guys do one of the best jobs, but um, a lot of companies, the DAO model um, is not as efficient as, as a lot of other models. So we thought, how can we make, a decentralization first or a, um, a work from home global first organization uh, without kind of the baggage of, of a DAO. So um, we're like, we operate kind of like a cooperative um, as far as entities go. You know, we've got, um, you know, a ton of legal infrastructure, uh, you know, backing up all of our protocols. Um, you know, so we're, we're, a more traditional firm, um, but with kind of, I guess, cutting-edge organizational techniques, uh, e.g., like decentralization first, um, being, you know, we're going to be hiring from a global talent pool. Um, and, and beyond that, as far as, like, attracting and training and, and building up these engineers, a lot of that comes from, um, like, our podcast network, uh, we're able to, you know, I'm on every week talking about uh, the latest in tech and whatnot um, with BlockBytes. Uh, and we're just able to attract really good talent that way. And then just through all of the mentorship I've done uh, in my history and, and continue to do, um, 
you know, we just have really, really strong uh, relationships. So uh, semi-traditional, I would say, as far as organizations go, um, but, but trying to take the strengths of, of the DAO model and, and implement them. Yeah, no, definitely. That, that makes a good amount of sense. Um, as I've said in, you know, in, in, in other calls, you know, in other Twitter spaces, when I talk to protocols, you know, some, some kind of dance around the fact that they're like, you know, like some of their, some parts of the organization are not decentralized, but, you know, hey, I, I definitely appreciate, you know, being forthright about like, yeah, you know, we're centralized right now, uh, you know, r- running a typical organization, you know, with a DAO model sometimes doesn't always work, and that's, that's probably something that people in DeFi have to take note of as well, to, to a degree. Um, yeah, and you know, definitely, definitely respect the uh, you know that 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 side of thought as well. You know, synthetics definitely goes a a very different path on that, but you guys yeah. are going to do a a very wide range of items here. Yeah, so, I mean, you 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 guys are are the reference point, I would say, um, as far as how can you model a DAO to be successful. Uh, I think as far as like because we we are essentially hiring full time people. Uh, across the board, you know, we, we have like a network of, of subcontractors, but um, with with the DAO model, there comes a little bit too much freedom. And I know that's like a weird thing to say, but when you're trying to produce at a high level, sometimes freedom causes paralysis um, in the same way that, that too many barriers can cause paralysis. So kind of our whole mission is to find a balance between structure, like, you know, giving people uh, the direction and the tools they need to actually, you know, meet goals, but the freedom to do it in the way they want, um, which I think is really, really important. So we're not talking like, you know, it's not a 9 to 5. It's a For a lot of people, it's like a 12 p.m. to, to you know, uh, 1 a.m. or whatever the hell. Um, but, yeah, just uh, trying our, our best to, to figure out how to make this work worldwide. Uh, and it's like a, a constant challenge, as I'm sure you're quite familiar with. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then, you know, decentralization comes, you know, for for your DeFi protocols rather than, you know, for, for anything else. You know, like granary could could become decentralized as time goes on. I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how that works, but let's, let's jump into the... Greenery-related questions, and I'll have sure. to kind of kick off. Cause totally, I yeah. Before. No, that's yeah, right. Um, I guess one of my first questions for you, Justin, was you, you were talking about the Phantom Network, but what made you guys pursue Optimism and come in here, and has there been any growing pains since you guys came to Optimism? Yeah, so uh, Optimism has been, like, high on our list ever since, like, you know, uh, the permission deployments to Alpha. Basically, the uh, the PSN hacker guy, uh, once that news was circulating about how he jumped in and kind of, uh, I don't want to say saved the, the development, but uh, how he kind of um, wrote the transpiler uh, for the OVM. Um, I don't remember the exact specifics because it's been a while, but that's what really got us interested. Um, and... You know, from there we've just been keeping an eye uh, on the network, and the tech is good, the, the infra is good. There's a lot of backing, um, so it's just like not a risky place to deploy. It's really close to ETH, and I think every DeFi engineers or every smart contract engineers dream is to have a successful ETH protocol. Um, you know, whether they admit it or not. Uh, so um, the proximity to, to ETH was was really exciting, um, and uh, yeah, I think the security model of, of L2s makes a lot more sense than most L1s. I would say, like, during the bull market, like, if you did a, a security analysis on, okay, how much money does it take to do a 51% attack, and, you know, what would it take to, to actually do it? Like, the AUM of any given network and the amount of money it costs to actually take all that AUM was, like, severely lopsided, and that's, like, a major issue uh, without ones, I think. Um, and uh, ETH is just kind of uh, awesome. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's just the closer we can get and the more integrated with Ethereum communities, um, I, I think, you know, the better for us, at least in my opinion. And I'm the boss, so I'm just kidding. Everybody on, on our team shares that sentiment. No, definitely, definitely here. So let's, let's talk a little bit about greenery. Um, why you guys, uh, you know, started development on it? What do you guys, uh, you know, 
what's currently going on with greenery, things along those lines. Give a, give a little bit of an intro on greenery as well. We haven't really talked yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, so greenery started actually as a very small project. Um, some friends of ours uh, teamed up um, to build this landing protocol with the idea that uh, there is a de- there's there's this company that goes from chain to chain, um, deploying new tokens and deploying new software, and they take 50% of all the the interest. And like we saw that, and it just kind of like uh, ground our gears, so to speak. Uh, so we thought, hey, what if we created like a multi-chain first uh, lending protocol and had it be like as ethical as humanly possible, uh, and and had one token and and focus on Serving the users as opposed to extracting value from them. Um, so that was that was the general idea, um, and it started off as like a three-man crew. You know, one developer. Um, you know, they weren't like ready for prime time as far as the EFI goes. Uh, so um, they brought us in as advisors, and, and quickly we went from advisors uh, to like full-time teachers almost, and then from there to, oh, well, now we're developing uh, the protocol. And, um, you know, we trained up their core engineer to be, like, a really, really fabulous uh, ETSEC engineer, and um, he's getting really good at solidity, uh, although our team handles a lot of that. But his real specialty is I would say he understands Aave and what you can do with Aave and, and the things you can compose on the back of Aave uh, as well as anyone, uh, maybe even Ave core engineers. Um, and, and we just studied the hell out of it, and we have all these really fantastic ideas. Um, I'm going to keep them quiet for now because I usually blab my mouth and uh, sensitive information gets out. But, um, yeah, we just want to take this, and in, instead of focusing on institutions, focus on the people, and how can we deliver lending products to the people that are really fair um, and Engaging and it, it evolved from that to now, you know, we've essentially acquired Granary and we as Bike Masons are, are building Granary and we have a team devoted to Granary. Um, and, and it's just kind of wrapped into our broader ecosystem. Interesting, interesting. So, um, on the Granary side of things, um, like just, just to be 100% clear, like it, it is an Ave V2 fork. Right, like that's that's the current status of yeah. It's it's Aave V2 with um, you know obviously a slightly different configuration because our risk model is different. Um, but we added uh, additionally multi rewarders uh, for the incentive just because you know uh, it would be foolish not to. Um, but yeah, it's uh, under audit right now. Um, but all the core is is Aave V2 and. Uh, you know, we didn't really mess with the smart contracts too much. Um, all our plans to do that are kind of uh, way down the road. But, um, yeah, uh, obviously, two uh, really simple, um, you know, slight additions and modifications that don't affect the, the core security of the protocol. So long term, what are you guys trying to do to distinguish yourself from, say, Aave or other DeFi lending markets? Yeah, so, you know, first thing first, uh, like probably the nearest term differentiator, um, I would say, is the front end. Um, If you've ever, I don't know how many uh, people here have worked with the Aave V2 code base or the front end. it's really not up to industry standard, um, and it looks a little boring. Um, and we think, like, we have, like, a UX design we think will be much more engaging and informative and, and deliver uh, better information to the users. Um, we are working on enhancing uh, dashboards and, and analytics uh, made available on the front end. And then beyond that, um, you know, we have... Uh, various ideas for how we can improve capital efficiency in the protocol. I think our number one priority is, like, we don't want to just, you know, re-engineer Aave V3 somehow, you know, uh, because they're doing a really, really good job pushing toward institutional-level capital efficiency. Um, but, 
being able to deliver under collateralized loans, I would say, is uh, a goal that's shared by a lot of people. Um, thanks to us having this infrastructure via Reaper um, and some of our other uh, protocols, we're able to kind of do the, the closed box system or the closed box model where, okay, we can deliver, uh, you know, amounts of leverage or, or LTV ratios that aren't um, available elsewhere uh, because we can kind of sandbox that environment and ensure um, that users aren't able to uh, exit with, you know, more funds than they necessarily have a right to. Um, so that's one of the, the areas we're exploring. Um, and, and another interesting thing is, like, with IAV2 infrastructure, there's a lot of opportunity to create flash swap uh, functionality. Um, so you can actually, on AveV2 architecture, uh, build an exchange. Um, it's, like, that flexible. So uh, that's one of the things we're working on. Um, you know, the, the obvious one is, okay, should we create a stablecoin protocol, which with Aave is very easy. Uh, you could tell, like, I really like the Aave V2 system, um, but we felt that, again, that would be probably too similar to Aave V3 and their, their plan with GHO. Um, so, yeah, I would say our number one priority is to increase utilization of underlying assets, um, and increase capital efficiency for the end user. So a big problem you see with Aave is, okay, we have 100 million in ETH uh, in our supply side pool, and only 10 million of that is being utilized. So you have insanely low rates and an opportunity to utilize these underlying assets much more effectively. And again, that's where uh, kind of Reaper and, and our multi-strategies come in, um, where we can just plug in and, and start utilizing some of those uh, assets and delivering greater capital efficiency uh, to the overall ecosystem. Um, and again, that's tricky because you're you're affecting the overall risk framework for the protocol because, okay, now you have added smart contract risk. How can we diminish that as much as possible? How will that affect LTV ratios? Um, and then we're working with uh, some Oracle providers uh, to give markets to more unique assets and, and link these markets together in, in sort of unique ways. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the, the long and short of it. Uh, it our, our roadmap is right now about two and a half to three years long as far as what we want to do uh, with Aave, but um, we've got a pretty big team on it. Uh, and, you know, while Aave v3 kind of tries to become the, the banking layer for DeFi, uh, we're going to try to become um, just like, uh, I guess they would be the institutional banking layer. Uh, we would try to be more like a credit union offering really capital efficient services that maybe don't scale into the, the multiple billions um, out the gate. Uh, because, you know, when you're dealing with a risk model that's like, okay, you know, we're going to be, have really good LTV ratios for this asset, this asset, and this asset. But because of that, we can't include any kind of subpar collateral, and we need to make sure liquidation bonuses are sufficient, and we need to have the liquidation uh, threshold be uh, much different. Um, so it kind of like cuts out a lot of possibility that Aave has access to right now um, with theirs, but it gives us like what I think is a really strong niche um, in, in being able to compete for, like, the really, really high demand, uh, medium to low risk uh, asset class. And then, and then we can just drill into that um, as, as hard as we can uh, and, and be less broad and just deliver, you know, good services. If that makes sense. I know that's kind of long-winded. I tend to be uh, long-winded. Yeah, no, no, that's that's definitely helpful context. Um, I I am curious though when it comes to you know comparing Granary to Ave, um, it you know it looks like some of these parameters have been tweaked, you know, in terms of you know higher max loan to value ratios, change liquidation ratios, uh, so on and so forth. Um, is there like you know? Where are these changes coming from? Like, is there like some sort of like risk committee that you guys have, or 
Um, is there some sort of community that, you know, that, that lobbies for these changes? I'm, I'm very curious on like the, the risk governance policy that, that comes around greenery, you know, because, you know, with Ave V2, that, that's something that, you know, that would happen. And then Ave V3 as well, you know, there'd be discussion on forums and risk folks that come in and answer questions and so on and so forth. I'm, I'm curious to, to see how, uh, you know, like what greenery does on that side of things. I don't know if we lost me. Do you hear me? Yeah, I got you, Matt. I can hear you. All right, cool. Might have lost Justin there. Let's. Uh, oh. Back. oh, we can hear you again. I just uh, disconnected my uh, my earbuds. One moment. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, I could hear you. Um, that's no problem. That's no problem. That, that happens to the best of us. I, you know, prior to this call, I had ended four Twitter space calls in a row uh, <laughs> by clicking the wrong button multiple times and gotten yelled at by countless members of the community for it. So don't worry. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so on the research end, um, I mean, I, I think we're kind of uh, in the same realm as a lot of people are, are moving toward the same ends. Um, we want to like create uh the diff- differential equations that like defi insurance eventually runs on um so you know without getting too much into like proprietary stuff um we just uh you know project things using like typical uh like stochastic models um so you know, we can take, okay, what is our system's debt portfolio? And at any given time, we can look at the health of a given market um, and project, like, risk over time uh, and then, like, make adjustments that way. So one of the nice things about being, like, governed by a multi-sig and by, you know, uh, centralized papers um like, uh, you know, a foundation um, and, and corporate documents is uh, we can react very quickly to changes in the market um, and we can be very nimble in our, uh, you know, risk strategy. Um, so essentially, like, the idea is we can deliver on network assets, which we see as kind of the, the MVPs of any given chain, really good uh, LTV ratios. And the difference would be, or, or the difference we would need to deliver is they need to be easier to liquidate, one. We can't expose ourselves to any other kind of high er or high-ish risk assets. Like one of the issues we see on Aave, um, on some of our other competitors, is a lot of whales use the markets as exit liquidity, Um so making that less efficient for people looking for delta neutral hedges and more efficient for people actually looking to borrow for the sake of borrowing um, is our goal. So we're looking for healthy uh, collateral ratios. Um, and, you know, uh, one thing that, that was happening to us on Phantom is someone was trying to use our pool to exit Phantom. Um, and, and we saw this kind of all across the DeFi ecosystems, especially in L1s, uh, where people were using these lending platforms as exit liquidity. Um, and, you know, we have, like, in-house liquidation engines. Um, but in addition to that, kind of our wider liquidation bonus, uh, you know, we messaged him and kind of warded him off uh, to a certain extent. And that isn't always, like, something you can do. Um, but, you know... Having the having a more liquidation focused market as as opposed to like uh, you know a, a really super broad market like we're going to have our only highly liquid markets we're going to have in house liquidation engines we're going to have three or four liquidation partners um, which we've managed to do even as as a small protocol um, 
that's how we maintain market health. And it, it's a lot easier right now that there is kind of a bear market. So kind of a lot of the downside risk has evaporated, uh, which luckily, you know, we, we came through uh, with very healthy markets. Um, and, and a lot of competitors did not. Uh, right now, kind of what we're doing is trying to uh, change our models so that they're more pessimistic, um, which is like right now we're, we're in an optimistic environment in that the upside is conceivably greater than the downside at this point. Um, and that's not necessarily true, but, you know, you can estimate or you can assume that they're about equal. And over time, as, as prices increase, we can see downside increasing. And so how can we adjust our uh, risk framework to uh, mirror that? So um, long story short, uh, we use like pretty typical stochastic modeling uh, for our risk assessment and, and risk framework. And then also just looking at what other people are doing, looking at market behavior and responding relatively quickly, um, which is hard to do right now without incentives. Uh, but we're able to do it just through marketing and through working with LPs. Um, but yeah, uh, again, long story short, um, we use stochastic modeling like, like most, uh, risk professionals and, um, uh, a lot of intuition, a lot of thought, uh, and a lot of advisement, um, from peers and, uh, you know, uh, other financial advisors and, and people like that, because it is not easy to maintain like a really healthy, um, balance sheet when you're an automated protocol, you need to react to users, which is like uh, uh, puts you in in a really kind of difficult spot. But that's what we're building toward is uh, analyzing efficiently and then optimizing in response as efficiently as possible. Um, So fewer broad strokes, more like pinpointed um, risk management. Thanks for that response, Justin. Um, Let's talk about greenery and what current assets you guys have on there. Uh, I believe you guys are one of the few places or the only place on Optimism where you can deposit and borrow against the OP token. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> speaking of risk, that, that was like um, a very like targeted risk uh, that we took on. Um, kind of like our whole thing at Granary is, especially once we, we kick off incentives, is we want to focus on key stable coins, Bitcoin and ETH. Um, because one, anything else isn't quite liquid enough to feel safe behind. Um, and you know, when you've got a bunch of illiquid tokens on your balance sheet, uh, you know, that, that makes you nervous as, as a risk manager. Um, but sometimes when there's enough demand, um, and when it might have like really positive long-term, uh, effects, we do kind of specifically target, uh, individual tokens. So, OP was one of those, um, and, and it's been pretty successful um, as, as an asset. Like, a lot of people are shorting uh, OP, uh, to be honest, uh, on the protocol we see. And, um, you know, that that's behavior that's really valuable to us because that's actually people borrowing, um, and, and it's keeping the interest rates relatively high. Um, so, yeah, it, it's uh, nice to be one of the few. It does, like, make us nervous a little bit. Um, so that's one of the markets we keep a really, really close eye on. Um, but otherwise, yeah, uh, we were excited to add it, and it was kind of a chance to differentiate ourselves at least a little bit um, in a pretty well-saturated market. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. No, I mean, it's definitely a large amount of demand to, you know, to, to borrow against off, to borrow it, you know, so on and so forth, uh, especially with people who have large amounts of it and, Maybe still want the exposure, but but want to do some other things. So um, that that definitely makes a good amount of sense. Um, also interesting for for users to note, um, SUSD is now a supported asset uh, type on Greenery as well. Um, you know, it's probably one of the most used stablecoins across Optimism, and you know, available on other uh, lending markets as well. But Greenery has added it, which is great to see. Um, would would definitely love to have greenery, uh, you know, potentially list some of these, uh, you know, some other synth assets, you know, whether it be uh, synthetic ETH, synthetic Bitcoin, so on and so forth. I think that would be a really interesting case study and 
if people are to use these assets in a lending market, because I, I don't think that these sort of synth assets have ever been added um, to yeah. any sort of lending market. So that would definitely be interesting as well. Yeah, I would say um, kind of a uh, getting the right Oracle solution, um, passing the kind of risk assessment process, like derivatives and synthetic assets are really hard um, because usually the oracles are computed um, or the oracles don't necessarily have the same security model as other oracles. Like um, a synthetic Bitcoin asset uh, in a lot of kind of oracle portfolios may just be Bitcoin um, with, with some secret sauce. Uh, so... There are like a, a bunch. There's a bunch of due diligence that that needs to be done for derivatives. But the nice thing about synthetics is um, your LTV ratios or your system collateral ratios are kind of really desirable as far as uh, you know algorithmically pegged coins or or similar are. Um, I think like you know your incentive model is sensible. Your your approach to risk is really sensible. So. I definitely think like that's in the cards. Um, in the short term, I think there definitely needs to be uh, deeper liquidity on the network, which um, is something we're actually working on for for a lot of our target assets um, with Velodrome, who I'm, I'm sure you're quite familiar. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's it's a little bit inevitable, especially if the SUSD pool is successful. Um, that, that some of these assets be added. Uh, it is, like, really, really hard to assess risk. Um, luckily, I mean, you know, synthetics is, like, a living case study, uh, so to speak. You know, um, we have some, like, a lot of internal documentation that um, breaks down a lot of your mechanisms very closely, especially as it relates to um, incentivization. I, I don't know if everybody in the audience knows, but uh, synthetics basically invented... I guess modern day liquidity farming. It was like, um, transaction fee mining on exchanges, uh, and then synthetics liquidity farming. Um, and that's kind of like, uh, you know, the OG flywheel, uh, primitives and, and mechanisms. So, um, doing like, uh, statistical analysis of, of your history, um, and of your products, et cetera. I, I don't know if other teams do that, but I'm sure you're, you're one of the more studied. Uh, ecosystems and your DAO and and stuff like that. So uh, we're familiar enough that uh, the due diligence won't be that hard uh, to do. But um, right now it's just contingent on the success uh, of SUSD, um, which we're optimistic about. Uh, forgive the the pun or whatever. <laughs> Quite optimistic about that. That's a good one. Yeah, no, definitely. There's 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 a lot of things that goes into uh, you know listing a new asset, especially something like an SETH or an SBTC. The good thing is, is that, you know, Synthetics uh, utilizes probably the same uh, chain like Oracle that, you know, uh, lending markets would use um, to price its its market. So something like SETH would, you know, use the, the chain link price for ETH, and then, you know, SBTC would be the same sort of thing for BTC as well. Um, yeah. But, yeah, then then there's the, the, the on-chain liquidity side of things, which, um, you know, good amount of liquidity for, uh, you know, uh, on on Curve and Velodrome and others, and good amount of incentive there as well for for folks in the audience that want a little bit of alpha. But yet again, you know, not financial advice. Um, <laughs> so if if you don't mind, if I interject here, yeah, yeah, I yeah, just I just had uh, a little bit of an idea. Um, now, please please forgive me if I'm thinking of the wrong protocol here, but um, does synthetics offer inverse? Assets? Synthetics of the past used to offer um, inverse assets. Um, this probably goes back before uh, perpetuals were released. Um, mm. That's when you could have an inverse asset for something. Um, yeah. But now all of those have been deprecated and rolled into um, a much more capital efficient uh, offering of, uh, you know, like if you want to get uh, short exposure, which would be, yeah. you know, using perpetual markets. Um, I'm thinking about and the inverse markets were a little weird because like if you were closer to the point where the market um, was going to automatically like close out, there was like an extreme amount of leverage you take on. So it it, it definitely wasn't an ideal way to do shorting. But, yeah, definitely open to hearing what you got to say. Yeah, I uh, I'm thinking about how interesting it would be um, 
to fund a short by borrowing uh, like an inverse asset. Um, so if you have like an asset on the borrow side that, uh, you know, is, I guess, like inversely exposed, if you borrow that and sell it to USDC, it may, I would need to write this down on paper. I may be totally off base, but um, it may make it like profitable to fund that short. Uh, if, if like you're successful, I guess, but, um, yeah, that, I would be, I would be interested in exploring stuff like that, even though you don't have it anymore. Uh, yeah, I think like know, the cool thing with, does the yeah, perp no, have I was, tokens? I, I, I was just going to say on the perp side, there's, there's definitely a good amount of items that like, uh, like automated strategies that people in the ecosystem are exploring. Um, someone like Polynomial, who, mm-hmm. uh, you know, does these like automated, I, I think of them as an automated options protocol. They'll sell like automated covered calls, automated puts, things of that nature. Yeah. But they yeah. are also tying in with futures, um, for gamma vaults. Um, I know there has been some talk of, uh, like, um, basis vaults and so on. So there yeah. are things that are being explored there. Um, yeah. but hey, you know, always more than open to, to having conversations on, uh, you know, potential synergies and like where greenery could, could try to, uh, totally. you know, differentiate a little bit and then, you know, tie in the synthetics in some sort of way. You know, hey, always, always open to that side of things. Yeah. But yeah. yeah no, that may, no more inverse sense. Uh, <laughs> that's for, okay. For good and for Probably bad, a good thing. I, I guess you can yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. The, the nice thing about having Reaper.farm, um, like our yield aggregation tech, uh, I would say as it stands right now, um, as far as like broad market yield aggregation is the best in the industry. Um, uh, you know, we learned a lot from Yearn, et cetera. You know, uh, all of our founders are Y Academy fellows, and uh, we love those guys. But uh, we did not hesitate to to work to improve on their tech. Um, the nice thing about that is, like, that plus granary means, you know, we can create, like, a really deeply integrated vertical um, and deliver products that kind of nobody else can. Um, of course, we don't own synthetics. Uh, so, so that would be much harder. But, um, if we can create kind of a closed loop, um, using synthetic assets on, uh, granary using Reaper, I think that would be, uh, really, really exciting. So not to kind of ideate in the call, but, um, uh, I'll, I'll work on exploring some of this. Uh, we've got like, right now we're working on like front end stuff and, and differentiating ourselves on a less risky layer, if you know what I mean. Um, but, uh, once we start digging into really unique products, I'd, I'd love to sit down um, with the synthetics team and, and explore opportunities because lending with derivatives is the coolest way to make options products. Uh, but, um, it is like risky and complicated and we generally leave that to your, to your ribbon finances and index coop and, uh, all the other people kind of plugging in, um, uh, I forget. Well, I guess none of those perpetual protocol, I think, uses synthetics. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you guys are just kind of laid the groundwork for a bunch of really fabulous products. Um, I remember Quinto when it came out was like a little mind blowing. Uh, you know, now it seems like old news, but but at the time it was um, very, very cool uh, to, to see, you know, happen. So, yeah. Uh, Long story short, uh, uh, I'll, I'll be exploring this, and I, I hope to stay in touch with you and your team. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, the you know communications are always open. We we like to try to have as many combos publicly as possible. So, ideation in the call is always is always really helpful. And just uh just just for some context, um, the uh per protocol isn't isn't associated with synthetics in in any sort of way. But when it comes to um. Um, when it comes to Quenta, that was like a, a, a spin-off project of Synthetic Exchange from the past. Um, yeah, I remember like Synthetic a, Exchange. A group of in-house, uh, you know, it was like in-house uh, core contributors that were building that, and then some of them spun out to, uh, yeah. you know, to build Quenta. And then like the the uh, you could think of them as like a competitor to uh, Ribbon would be like Polynomial in in our ecosystem because they build gotcha. Lyra, okay. Polynomial. which then Lyra. Yep. Um, you know, allows people to, you know, buy and sell options um, yes. using their, you know, using their AMMs, but then they short against the, you know, against uh, uh, any sort of fluctuations using synthetic shorting. 
Um, so that's how they, they tie in um, cool. to, hedge, to hedge their AMM properly. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like studying options, man. Anymore. They've got a different, they've got a different name for it. It's like an option market vault. They've got some cool <laughs> name for it now that is an AMM. Um, but yeah, no, there's, there's definitely a, a ton of items to explore in the ecosystem. Um, and, you know, always, always more than open to have these combos related to, you know, synergies that pop up. I know, I know Mojo's got a question, so I'm going to kick it over to him. Nope. Yeah, so I got, a certain individual in my Discord who keeps DMing me, um, he's wanting wanting more details about your grain token that hasn't been released, and if there's a potential airdrop, and if you could provide details on that. <laughs> oh God, um, yeah, the the most fun question ever. Um, uh, there is um, a potential airdrop. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm not going to provide any details, uh, for the sake of civil resistance. Um, but right now we're exploring like, which chains do we launch on? Like, I know probably most of you weren't really well in tune with, uh, our ecosystem and, and our oath token launch. Um, but if you go to the website oath.sale, uh, we, we have the UI up, um, to kind of give you like, uh, a good look at, um, or, or just, I guess for posterity's sake. Uh, but we try to like do things the best they've ever been done. Uh, so, um, we're thinking of like a really elaborate multi-chain LGE, like, uh, you know, airdrop, LBP, crazy, uh, what have you. Um, it's still kind of in a, in a nebulous phase, uh, as far as how we want it to work out. Um, but, you know, we've got, uh, so much incentivization research that, uh, we like, you know, are chomping at the bit, uh, to kind of get this token in, into people's hands. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's going to be an airdrop. There's going to be some cool launch, uh, things. Um, again, like, uh, if, if any of the synthetics listeners head on over to oath.sale, we basically did to achieve civil resistance, we assigned vesting licenses to ecosystem NFTs uh, over on the Phantom Network. Um, so users could basically put up their NFTs and uh, secure uh, vesting terms um, and, and a price uh, to buy in our asset. The idea being, okay, we can achieve perfect civil resistance this way, ensure ecosystem participants are dialed in enough to buy an NFT uh, on the network, um, or at least to like buy one post-announcement. Um, and, uh, yeah, just kind of put the power in the hands of the local community. Um, and, and we want to kind of do that for granary, but in a much broader sense. So how can we achieve civil resistance and how can we achieve like a really fair launch, um, without creating opportunities, uh, for arbitrage, which would be, you know, just a poorly designed, uh, mechanism. Not that arbitrage is necessarily a bad thing, but, um, when it's really lopsided, it, you know, that just means mechanisms, uh, have issues somewhere. Um, and, and of course markets aren't, aren't purely instantaneously efficient, but, um, that's generally like our, uh, goal is like creating as civil resistant and as fair a launch as possible. Um, and that'll be the grain token. We've got, uh, the grain foundation, um, is going to be set in stone relatively soon. Um, so we'll have like, you know, complete legal infrastructure. Uh, we're, you know, talking to investors now and it should be really exciting. Um, it should be a good time. I mean, right now it's like every token is insta dump. Um, so figuring out how to exist in a market like this, uh, as like an incentive token and, and how to give it enough value and generate enough revenue, um, uh, to offset profit seekers. Um, and, and also like drum up speculation without, uh, you know, cutting off our own feet. Um, if you know what I mean, but, um, I guess that's an interesting way to answer when airdrop, but, uh, <laughs> trying yeah. to obfuscate the, 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 the real answer I think is all you can do as a protocol developer, uh, <laughs> without saying none of your business, but, um, we're, we're working on, uh, launch primitives now. Hey, we've, we've had people in these calls just tell us to piss off. So, you know, there's, there's definitely been some range of these answers, but no, I, <laughs> I, I definitely appreciate all that. And, you know, 
releasing a token is always difficult. Sometimes it slows down momentum, which is you know something that Millie has said in the past. Um, yeah, for you know, sure. You know, sometimes the the focus gets shifted off the product, and now it's just you know token, token, token. Um, totally. You know, at least for some projects. But um, I, I I think that's everything from from my side. You know, it was it was great chatting with you, man. You know, it was, it was great learning about the bite masons, great learning about greenery. Um, you know, and it was great having everyone here in the audience. Um, Mojo, if if you've got another one, you can definitely jump right in, but it's your last call. Um, and yeah, so Mojo, awesome. got another one. Yeah, good. yeah, good, good interviewing. Those those are some tough questions, uh, <laughs> Mister Synthetic Host. That was, that was really good. We try. <laughs> we do try. Yeah, the um, yeah the the differentiation from Ave is a, is like a constant battle uh, in like the planning chamber as well as the actual like implementation chamber. But at the, at the end of the day, like the Aave V2 protocol is, I would say the best designed, most beautiful smart contract system that exists uh, right now. Um, up there, I would say with Uniswap, maybe even uh, more amazing. <laughs> um, not to, you know, be too romantic about it, but um I, you know, I'm proud to be building on it and, and I'm proud that in a couple of years we'll hopefully be differentiated enough, um, to, to, you know, kind of stand on our own feet. But, um, yeah, big shout out to Ave and, and everything that Ave V2 unlocked, uh, for, for P2P lending and borrowing. You know, that's, that's really what, what, what DeFi is all about at the end of the day, you know, taking, Taking bits and pieces from from others and then iterating on top of it. So you know, it's always it's always great to see this like continued development. You know, on top of uh, you know protocols that were uh, you know that are existing and you know built in the past. And then you know, in this kind of fully open decentralized environment, you can kind of see you know what what rises to the top and what sinks. So that's that's the really amazing yeah. part about all this. So yeah, yeah, thank you so much for coming. I appreciate it, man. It was a it was a great convo. And thank you, everyone in the audience. We're going to be having another uh, Spartan Space. Um, I want to say next week, but I don't want to, uh, you know, promise something that you're not going to get. So maybe next <laughs> week, maybe not. You guys will see. Um, but, yeah, thank you so much for coming, folks. It's, it's always great to be here and chat with you. And thank you to the folks over at Greenery and Bite Mason. So have a good one. Happy merge. And have a nice upcoming weekend as well. Yeah. Thanks kindly. Take care, everyone. Thank you very much for your time. Um, and I'll see you on the blockchain. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right, bye I'll guys. see you. Have a good one. Bye.